everybody, and welcome back to Spiritual Successor, a comedy video game design podcast where we take your lovely ideas from all over the internet and we turn those into the next AAA titles. I'm your host, AJ Hart. I'm your other host, Blake Ritt. AJ, I didn't know you were starting. I was literally in the process of a burp as you were saying hello. Now, you just said, don't if, worry, I've muted that. I muted that. We're what totally if, fine. What if what if this is like the first time somebody's listening to the podcast? Do you think about that a lot? Like every time you and I start an episode, this could be somebody's first episode. Do you think we connect? Are you well? concerned you think- that somebody... Stop, wait. Hold on. No. Yeah. You're, no, because I'm about to reprimand you for this shit. What, wait, what you're are you implying right now is one of two things. One, either... You're concerned that people are going to hear you burp, and you don't want that to be the first thing that they hear, even though they're going to hear that within the next 20 minutes, not even a full episode. Option two, you were concerned that they did not get a clean burp, which would be the appropriate level of intro, like appropriate intro point for this podcast. Which is it that, which hill is it that you're trying to die on right now? I see. Okay. 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 Either either you agree that burping is bad and you better not do it again on this show. On a guest episode with somebody we really respect. I was willing to eat a burrito like cold, like no, no fucks given. Willing is a care. loose term. I would I argue yeah. desperate to. <laughs> yeah, I did really want that burrito. Um, I don't care if people hear me burp. It's just like it just triggered that you and I spent like the last two minutes figuring what are we going to talk about the opening opening of this episode. The thing I want to talk about is, do you think the openers like what would be like the worst opener to walk in on on this podcast i think the one where you and i literally spent half of the podcast not talking about game design and just talking about our own bullshit and then you I and i realized that, worst... that oh whoa we should be talking about games actually i think that the worst opening bit that you could have for this podcast would be a bit where maybe i approach the podcast mic and i'm like oh sorry i'm feeling a little bit lightheaded and not well and you say oh is it because you just shitted yourself <laughs> (laughs) so bad now that might sound a little bit familiar because like it or not that was the very first set of dialogues ever shared and exchanged between you and me on a mic for the podcast that was that's the the, that's 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 number one that's the first bit of spiritual successor you go back to tim and eric's most corrective adventure and that's where it is not tim and eric what the fuck is the name of those little surfer dudes Bill and Ted. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Eric is two grown ass men. <laughs> All right. Yeah, um, that's the one that's about to come out, isn't it? <laughs> no, that's actually that's a fun <laughs> idea. Bill and Ted starring Tim and Eric. That would be like a fever dream of a movie. Actually, that Not would I be a fun this. like duo movie. What's up? Tim and Eric versus Bill and Ted. Who do you think would win? I think Tim and Eric because they are like. I don't know if you've seen the Tim and Eric show, but every time I walk into it, it looks like a psychedelic fever dream. Tim and, and Eric feels like I a would... show that I probably only experienced at like 3 a.m. when I fell asleep watching Bleach and then woke up and saw them doing something horrible and frightening. <laughs> oh, you're just talking about Family Guy. It probably, yeah, it strikes me in the same, it strikes my heart in the same way that Family Guy does, where I look at it and I'm like, that's well known and I don't want to touch it. <laughs> All right. For those that are new to the podcast, as we know, take your level ideas. Bill and oh. Ted do have oh. the assistance of so many historic heroes and historic do you think entrepreneurs. S- do you think Socrates his- could beat ass? Oh hell yeah! I think Socrates could. I feel like he's Tim and Eric. I don't know what powers Tim and Eric has, but Bill and Ted, I think, have can call upon greater forces. All right, for those that are new to the show, we take your lovely ideas from the internet and turn them into the next AAA video games that hopefully will make us a lot of money. Uh, AJ, yeah. do you want to start us off this week? Yeah, I'll start us off. Uh, yeah, I think I got one here. Let me just dig around in my little submission here. Let me see here. I think I got one. It's about right here. This comes from Happy Halloween from... At flawless underscore Hollis. Happy okay. Halloween suggests Jello Toucher. <laughs> okay, what game are you thinking for something like this? So I'm imagining something a little bit like uh what's the name of that game? Slime Rancher? Where you had like all the little slimes that you could run around and you know you put them into big cages and you squeezed them and they made little gooey uh, noises. Wait, this is a game? What? 
You don't know about oh, Slime Rancher? I've never heard of Slime Rancher. This is so cute and adorable. Aww. It's very cute. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm imagining something like that, but rather than the ranching, rather than the, the categorizing based on color and what they like to eat and their size, it's just a game based on categorizing all these little slimes based on touch. Do you think Jello 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 crystallizes right when it's like been sitting and gone bad, what? right? Are what? Do, what happens? To, you know, here's the thing. I don't think I have ever had. I have never experienced leftover Jello. Like I feel like when you make Jello, <laughs> everybody eats it. So Jello that's been sitting in a fridge for a long time, uneaten, is never something I'm experienced, and that. I don't know if that should scare me or not because I don't know what happens to Jello after a prolonged amount of time. And I'm asking this because this could be like one of the types of Jello that you that you are managing mm-hmm. or touching. Mm-hmm. Um, also, how do you make a game out of that? Like how? Because this if this is a game based off of touch, what is that? What is? The, are you saying we should have a peripheral that would like change touch? Ooh. Maybe okay. Here, okay. You know what? You're right. This is this is what it's going to be. Then I think that it's going to be an online database, and okay. the way that this online database works is, I AJ Hart would go out and find a Jello and I would touch it and I would say, mm, "This Jello is fresh out of the oven. Here are the ingredients. Here's what it, I've touched it now." And then I go to my phone and I or my whole laptop and I go to the online database and I say, "The date October twenty second. Jello, fresh out of oven. I don't know how you make Jello, Blake. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and so you type about, it all out. I was just about to ask that. AJ, you don't bake. You don't bake Jello. You put hot water in it, and then you let it sit. You stir it. You keep stirring it, and then you put it in the fridge, and then it's no, no, no. I put cold water in it, and then I mix it, and then I put it in the oven, and then I put it in the fridge. I do things different, bro. So, wait, actually, would that work? Because. Or does it? Or does it need to mix while it's warm? So <laughs> it probably makes it easier to mix while it's warm. That's why I have a shaking oven. So I put the cold water uh, in and the cold and the Jello powder, and then it goes into my shaky oven and it, and I, it, which is just an <laughs> oven that has some loose screws. So I shake the piss out of it, and I hope that it doesn't cause a gas leak. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you're saying this is a database that. You have to actively go out and experience Jello in the real world and then add it to the game? Correct. And I think that what this is going to be doing is it's offering a service for everybody. Because, you know, if this is the question, like, the question that you have, what does a Jello feel like after eight years? Someone's going to be able to put that in the Jello database, in the, our good Jello Toucher database. Okay. And what does that unlock? Because this is this just knowledge like it unlocks knowledge i'm gamifying life all right here's the thing there's a quote that i like to live by it says every gamer every life would be better if we lived it like gamers that's the quote probably i don't know about you but i i've done very bad things to people in my dishonor to run so i do not want to live like a gamer but you've um, but you've done it so effectively, you know what I mean? Think about if you lived your life that efficiently. Not about murdering, but just about doing things. So <laughs> we're gamifying about stealing life. grapes from rich people. Yeah, I could do oh, that. I can, I, can, I can get behind that. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's exactly it. And so Jello Toucher offers us to it, it's discovery based on gamifying, dog. Okay. We've done it. This okay. is how we hit the next form of our human evolution. Okay. By gamifying. If, if if I can add a little bit of stink on this, if I can add a little bit of stink on this, because what you're saying here, it reminds me of SCPs. Do you know the format of SCPs? They're like or it's like, like an online database, and people say this is spooky, and then the game yeah. developer says, "Yeah, that's spooky. That's going in my fucking video game. Thanks, idiot. <laughs> Free writing." Well, 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 actually, the cool thing about SCP is that it's it's open source. So, like, any submission that's put on there can be used on any material anywhere, even if you charge for it. So, if you were to, like, make a shirt that has, like, the SCP on it, you can legally do that. But what I'm saying is, is that we create the database where it's kind of like this scientific sort of research thing that is of these jello. The put the stank on it is the more you... Uh, submit to it, you can earn better, like, flair. Like, you know, on Reddit, where you can get, like, uh, on certain pages, you can get flair. So that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, what you yeah. can do. But you can also just buy that flair. And here's where this... Because, like, remember when Wiki had, like, no revisions, so people can just put whatever the fuck they wanted? 
Yeah, on... back in the dark days of Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, so the dark days of Wikipedia. So if you you can buy Flare, and that Flare allows you to edit other people's submissions. So it, you could start f- really like just saying the weirdest shit on other people's Jello submissions. So you have this weird conglomerate of people telling their own fictions related to Jello, and then you have people trying to just. Describe Jello, which I don't know which one is a weirder thing to do. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> yes, we're going to create an online website that has two cultures. One culture that's constantly paying to like make it all weird and shitty, and they'll be all like, "This is the slime that Abraham Lincoln ate before he was assassinated." <laughs> and then other people will be like, "That's not true. This is the slime that I made with my grandma, and we've been making it for three years. Abraham Lincoln didn't know about this Jello." <laughs> And so, like, the two factions will be the people that are just putting in buck wild shit, and then the people that are are actually dedicated to cataloging and datafying, quantifying all of our jello and slimes. <laughs> Blake, I have a name for this. Okay, tell me about it. Stickypedia. Stickypedia. <laughs> Uh, let me do a, a quick Google search because I have a feeling that's going to take me to something that I am not going to be happy about. Sticky. Uh, yeah, go ahead. St- Google search Stickypedia. Whoa. whoa, whoa. Okay, hold on. Okay, there's Sickypedia, which is like a place. Okay, that's alarming. So I type in Stickypedia, but I accidentally put a space between the T and the I. And uh-huh. this thing came up called Sickipedia, and one of the first things you can get underneath that, you know, like on Google searches, like each search has like a little sub tabs of what's on that site. Uh, yeah, yeah, one of yeah. the first things is racism. So, oh, so Sicky. Like <laughs> uh, but let me let me properly look up Stickypedia. Stickypedia feel. Oh, they're a brewing. Oh, dude, Stickypedia is a is an IPA brewing company. You want some? You want some IPAs? I know nope, we're going like to steal that name and garbage. we're going to no free promo. We're stealing that name and it's Stickypedia <laughs> and it's the online database for all of our sticky touch things. Do you have another uh, video game for me? <laughs> I do, I do. All right, this one comes to us on Twitter from Joe Wright at Turn Right Here. Trick or treat racing. AJ, I think with today's day and age where we kind of have to social distance and you know keep safe and all that stuff. Um, driving movies are becoming a big thing. Stranger Things is doing this whole exhibit and experience that you like drive through a tunnel and experience like a Stranger Things spooky like maze, but you're in your car. I say we jump on this shit and we are doing trick-or-treat racing. So I want you to picture, just picture this for me, the outlandishness of Tokyo Drift uh, of Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift where like everybody's uh-huh, cars uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah cuz like in that car that that one Hulk car they were cause they were dressing up for their run as the Hulk for Halloween remember that Hulk that weird little Hulk car where you could see the fist and stuff so there's a Hulk I, car in Tokyo Drift yeah it was really cool it was like this it was like a like kind of the green fleshy color of the Hulk and on each door you can see his fists like like in like indenting outward so like he was trying to break out of the car was the that's pretty dope it's pretty dope right so this how do we apply something like that where you have to trick or treat so what i'm thinking is is you have a track or you could do a thing where this is like an open world like a need for speed game and there are certain houses you need to hit and like it's a race so you and i have our own paths that we need to do, or we could have the same path and we're going to the same house. Actually, yeah, that's how we make it. That's how we make it unique. So, excuse me, I need to cough for a second. <clears throat> all right, all right, all right. Well, I don't you slow down. Why don't you bring it back? What is the game here? <laughs> okay, Before we start okay. talking about tracks and how we make it, what what do you what are you pitching here, my brother? So what I'm pitching here is everybody. You have a whole selection of cars that are Halloween themed. You have the ghost car. You have the pumpkin carriage. You have uh, literally uh, Sleepy Hollow, uh, the the headless horseman on his. Right, it's like the Scooby Doo movie where everybody's a vampire and they're all driving cars. The yes. Scooby Doo wacky race movie. Whoa, that's right. A Scooby Doo, uh, Scooby Doo werewolf or whatever. Where's my werewolf or something? Yeah, that's um, right. Shaggy does turn into a werewolf. He turns into a fucking one. werewolf. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but basically, so you have all of these wacky racer style Halloween cars. But the thing is, this isn't like a normal race where you have to get to point B or like the end, the finish line the fastest. You have a set track where you have to like drift by a house, but each house has a limited supply of candy. So you might be able to get, uh, you might not be the first one 
or the first one to cross the finish line. But if you got more houses along the track, you win that way. So it becomes like it's like the first one to get to the house gets the candy. Everybody behind them does not get candy. So you, you like are trying to. Cause like that's the thing. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's... You're you're creating a game that is essentially just like the whole race and the whole gameplay loop is that num that feeling of tension you feel on Mario Kart when you and Luigi are both going towards the same little like row of the goodies. Exactly, exactly. So like one person gets it, one person doesn't. So then, um, so okay, so what are, what's some more stink that we can put on that? Because we ha I think we have the trick or treat aspect down. Um, there has to actually, you know, what could be fun. There has to be a really in-depth car designer. Um, and there has to be a battle pass on it. <laughs> so the more you okay, play, the more, yeah. the more Halloween shit you unlock. Cause battle pass. Yeah. 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 Right so, now, right? okay. Here's, here's what I'm proposing then. Do you remember okay. the hit, the hit, hit, super hit video game that does not get enough credit? Uh, Banjo and Kazooie nuts and bolts. I've never played a Banjo Kazooie game in my life. That's okay. Nuts and Bolts doesn't count as a Banjo and Kazooie game because it's a, a completely different type of game. See, the first two were like these fun little collectathons, and you ran around a fun world and you got little skills and you collected all these little jigsaw pieces. Mm -hmm. And then they said, Banjo and Kazooie are coming back. And everyone said, Yeah! And then they were like, Just fucking kidding, kind of. Banjo and Kazooie are here, but we're going to spend like the intro cutscene and intro dialogue making fun of collectathons and saying that they're shit games that nobody wants to play anymore. Oh and then God. we're going to give you a super robust car designing game where you just oh, like fuck. get all sorts of little Lego pieces and you're building cars over and over and over again. And then you're given little puzzles. Puzzles like deliver this orb across this desert or fly through all of these hoops in the sky. You get little like puzzle-based objectives like oh. that and you have to build a car for every like for every mission. Oh, you know what this reminds me of a lot? Have you ever played Bes Besieged? Cuz it's like that but a little bit newer and a little bit more medieval themed, but same exact concept yeah, you have to Yeah. Like Besieged but more like you were in a world, you were given all sorts of little puzzles. It was sort of like a if Besieged took place in little Mario 64 worlds. Oh, that's adorable. Oh, that's wait. So it's like it's an open. It's like a three D open world where you have to. Yeah, just go. it's a three D open oh, world with a bunch that's... of little like zones. Oh so you God, would jump into wonderful. like a little painting or whatever, and you'd go into like, oh, welcome to Stink Mountains Hideout, and it's a mountain with a bunch of little stinky guys. So are you saying that each track is different and will require you to build a different wacky racer racer car? to get the specific treats like are you yes, saying the, the, the race tracks will be randomly and procedurally generated you'll get to see the whole track one time then you get like 40 minutes no not 40 minutes you get like five minutes to build a car for this race mm -hmm. and here's where all the pieces come from the pieces come from the season pass baby Oh, so then you're saying there are only okay. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Along the track, there are certain ones. If you do not have this specific car built, you can't access it. But then also the same thing of like if you have a car built the way only can only certain candy are available to certain vehicle types. So that way it kind of yeah. like spreads it out. So it'd be like I can see a track and there's like hey, there's some in the water, there's some on land, and there's some in the air. What kind of like what kind of car do I want to build for this that would maximize my chances? The thing yes, is, the little is wacky racer parts, like the parts of the car that you decide, like I want to have a little jump pad on my car. Then like mm -hmm. maybe when you go through the racetrack, you're gonna notice that there's like a second story of like you can run run on like the rooftops of the houses and hit a yes. bunch of like second story little uh, trick or treat points. Yes, exactly. That way it's like. Each car, and you don't know what everybody else is packing, so there's that kind of like risk of, hey, everybody saw that there's like a big ass wad of candy in the uh, in like the igloo underneath the ocean or whatever. Or underneath so the who's pond. bringing the flamethrower? Oh shit! So like, and then you might have a race where like everybody's really like varied. So then it becomes like everybody's doing their own individual race, or it could be a thing where everybody has the same kind of car roughly, and they're doing like the same exact path with each other and then becomes this bumper bumper rama of stuff also yes. <laughs> could you do a thing 
I because I actually really loved the concept. I don't think it took off like um, Amiibos or uh, what was it? It's not Skyjacks. That's the podcast Skylanders. Skylanders. Yeah, remember in Starlink um, for the Switch, it was like a, it was like a Star Fox game in disguise. But what you, uh, I think was, it was a Starlink game that they then decided to slap Star Fox into. Uh, but you know what I've seen, and from what I've played it, the game feels like it's supposed to have Star Fox in it. So I have no idea how the you game don't know plays which came first, without... the Star or the Fox. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> so. I'm. They did a thing where you actually have your own spaceship that you can slap weapons onto physically, and then that would show up in the game. Could you do a thing where this is like a you buy a loot box every month, and in that loot box is filled with a <laughs> bunch of like a bunch of random puzzle pieces that you actually have to physically build your car with what you got in that month's loot box? Because yes, you can do you can do a battle pass, and they can earn things. So like maybe so you're there's... saying it's not that people get five minutes in game to build their little little car. They get five minutes in the real world to put their little car all together, and then they slap the car on the little like Skylander sky pad, and then that car gets like downloaded into yes. the into the yes. game yes. for the race. Yes, yes, and then you and the battle pass is actually when you unlock something, you it physically unlocks. But here's the thing: here's the here's the here's the part where we make a fuck ton of money is you have to buy the battle pass to get access to it, but then you also need to pay the like $3.99 for shipping every time you unlock a new piece. Yes, there are video <laughs> games a subscription box. You never know what you're going to get in it. It's going to be guaranteed four pieces that come in like a little booster pack situation, and then a cup coaster every month. You get uh, a really low quality t-shirt. The one where like the print is like, mo like the plastic is part of the shirt. So like every time you wear it, like, and you get sweaty, it sticks to your fucking skin. It's like that shitty of a print. You know what I mean? I was imagining that it's maybe one of those shitty prints where like you put it through the wash one time and the whole print peels off. <laughs> oh no, no, we don't want it to be instant. It's got to flake off, you know, get, have it Ooh, be an yeah. experience. Like they can see their, their money just kind of wilting away. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you also have to sell like little, like little, you can sell in like, cause I'm, I don't know what would it be like. You can buy like a little tire, like a toy, cause like a little, I'm trying to think of what would a booster pack look like that would could contain pieces. So you have like a little, like, like a Pokeball or a tire that opens yeah, up. Yeah, it's going to come in style. like a, a little tire is a good idea. Yeah. And you can mm -hmm. crack it open. Mm -hmm. Maybe it comes in like a little car case and you open the door of the car or like Ooh, the, a little trunk. Ooh, maybe mm -hmm. it's a little mm -hmm. trunk and you pop the trunk open and it's got little pieces. Ooh, that'd be fun. Oh, also you can do a thing where, um, maybe each car has its own cargo space. So like if you were to buy like the booster pack, itself like the car itself is also something you can put pieces on in the game so you can do oh something yeah yeah like yeah that. so you'll have like a little mm -hmm. car ready like mm -hmm. i get so, what you mean yeah 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 and then you could just kind of figure out like oh what are all these pieces do and then it, i like that. i like i don't know here's like, the thing I, that we need to come and come to terms with blake what's up the thing about amiibo and especially like that little starlink game or like the later skylanders where you could like swap the top and the bottom of a character or swap the arms of the character and put them into the skylanders game well, that's a those things thing. fucking rule is the thing about it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's easy to say like ha 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 that's a thing that shouldn't be made the problem is that we all do desperately want them to be made we're just waiting for one that hits you know we're waiting for that one game where it takes this like idea of like a little physical thing that you scan into your game. We're waiting mm -hmm. for one to just fucking slap ass. And okay. then the whole video game scope is going to be different. You and See, I both know this. Think about I, how I, different I, Super Smash part? Brothers would be if mm. the Amiibos were the characters. Oh, God, I would love to play a Shovel Knight. <laughs> Why is but I'm saying the whole trophy? roster. You would remove yeah. the whole roster, and you could only use characters that you've bought in the little action figures for. That See, would rule. How much, how much does a fucking Amiibo cost, though? So $12, like how many, probably. So $12, and how I don't fucking, know. How much does how many, an Amiibo cost? I hope okay, it's let's, around that much. Let's just, say, let's just say $12, just for, we're probably wrong, but who gives a shit? It's probably so, way more expensive. Yeah, I mean, probably when they first come out, like gold, like I remember looking at, I was, I wanted to buy the, um, the Shovel Knight one, but I can't find it anywhere. So now he's like $50. So I wouldn't be surprised. He was like $25 to begin with. I but, love it. But, but say, okay, how many roughly, how many people, how many smash people are on the roster? It's something like 80, right? Yeah. 
So like 80 times, like, so <laughs> we're going to make so much fucking money if it's a game like, or they're going to make so much fucking money if they do something like that. Because every time, like, I, and say, see, there's so many problems with this because, hey, say you're getting somebody into Smash and they're like, okay, what do I need to play? Well, you're going to need to go buy your own Amiibo and that's going to be $25. And they could be like, well, I don't want to play this game anymore because that's, that's almost half of the cost of the game itself. Except that's the fucking rush of it, dog. There's a whole ass anime in the Gundam verse that revolves around the idea of people having tiny little mechas that they've built and personalized so they can slap it into the digi space and fight their cool Gundams against hey, each other. I hate to break it to you, but anime is fantasy, dude. That's not how but real life all works. All anime rules. I, I mean, want like, that. Okay. okay what but I'm if, saying is we want that. We all want that. We all secretly want that. I, is the thing. I think it's a fun idea, but it, when you get to the point of like rosters as big as Smash Bros, it's going to be like, well, I, it's just going to be so fucking, well, this is coming from a guy who has to buy, buy f actually, I stand corrected. I have to pay $100 for one little Warhammer minifig, so I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> Every Warhammer, wow, wow, I just shot myself in the foot. Yeah, every Warhammer army takes, like, you have to have, like, up to upwards of, like, 100 individual figures. And, like, for 10 of, it depends on the unit, but, like, you're spending upwards of 40 to $80 for, like, a four-man to 10-man unit. So, See? Yeah, actually, you know what? This is the future. Warhammer's been doing it since the, fuck, it's since the late 80s. We're going to make so much money. We're going to take the Warhammer method. And you know what, AJ? We're going to make it, and this is, this is actually, you know what? We're just going to steal from Warhammer. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. All of these pieces that are going to be in our racing trick-or-treat game come unpainted. You have to fucking paint them yourself, so you have to also buy all the painting materials, all the paintbrushes, all of the liquid green stuff, because this shit was poorly molded, so you have to, like, fill in the molds, and it just becomes a fucking pain in the ass. But you know what? How we market it? It's like, it's an activity for kids to do with their parents. So exactly. the parents are like, oh, okay, cool. So I can, like, do finger painting. Like, And you know what's so fucking cool? Maybe... What you do is, is like how you paint it actually shows up in the game. So if you were to like draw, like, I don't know, you just draw a dick on the side of your car. It shows up in the game or just something so, like that. It's okay. like, it's like, so here's the gameplay loop, right? We have mm -hmm. a physical box, a physical box that is shipped out to the people that pay the premium. And so they get little like Lego pieces and they mm -hmm. get like the skeleton of a car. You load yes. into your game. You're like, all right, I'm going to play the game. You get to see the racetrack one time. The camera zips through super fast. You then say, okay, I know what I saw there. And you're going to mm -hmm. grab all your little Lego pieces and you build a car perfect for this th for this mm -hmm. run. You slap the car onto your little digi scanner. The game scans it. Then you run through the game and it plays like Mario Kart. Your goal is to hit as many of the like trick-or-treat houses as much as possible because you're not going to get points for winning. You're getting mm -hmm. points for getting the most candy. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this also, rules, actually, that's going to be where we put a pin in it and move on. Okay, actually, there's one last thing I want to discuss because I don't know if we're going to come back to it. At the fin To motivate people to also be first, at the finish line, there is a pile of candy. So, like, first, second, and third do get candy from crossing the line, first, second, and third, but you can increase your chances by collecting candy along the way. Yes, so something, and if you get so, enough points mm. in-game, in the in-game currency, then maybe we'll let you order... A cosmetic item? Something to be shipped to your house? We'll figure out rewards okay. later. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we got it. We got it. We got it. You got another game for us, brother? Yeah, this comes from two normie, four normies, at TJ Garcia one a horror game with herring mechanics like sprinting and crafting. What are you thinking? <laughs> so what, what this makes me think of is like, you and I have been playing Phasmophobia lately, and yeah, I believe what rocks. a herring mechanic is, is like a mechanic that's there, but it doesn't mean shit. And that reminds me of sprinting in Phasmophobia. You can hold that button because it feels better when you do, but it doesn't do anything. No, it it doesn't, doesn't help you. If that ghost wants to kill you, it's killing you. Yeah, the, there is The mechanic no is just there game. to make you feel safe. And I'm really oh, interested in God. just in general mechanics of a game that exist to make you feel a little bit safer. Like, say... Resident Evil 7, you run through the game and eventually you get a shotgun. And your first thought when you get the shotgun is, oh, fuck yeah, I have a shotgun. Ain't nobody going to hurt me now. But the problem is that now you realize that you have another item that you need to get ammo for. So mm. now you don't have a shotgun. You defended yourself one time and now the shotgun's gone forever. And it's just there to serve as a, as a stressor. <laughs> Um, I want a horror game with lots and lots of mechanics so, where the mechanic it seems like it's there to help you, but we as the developers know it doesn't matter. 
You're still going to get boned if we send a skeleton after you. I feel what would be kind of interesting is if you start off the game with the perception that you have everything you need to do it. So, like, I'm saying, like, you start up the game, you have a shotgun strapped to your back, you have a pistol on your side, you have a knife, you have dynamite, or maybe not dynamite because... Because what problems can't be... No, you can't have dynamite because we all know that all real-world problems can be solved by dynamite. AJ, real quick, you have dynamite, but you have no lighter. So you have every you have everything that you need, but you don't have the resources to fully use them. So you uh-huh. don't have ammo. You don't maybe your knife is uh, maybe you don't even have a knife or something like that. So it's like the game starts off as like you're defenseless. So it's like Soma or uh, Amnesia. So you're just walking around through this environment and you can point your shotgun at things. And because <laughs> going back to Phasmophobia with the sprinting thing is it. You say it does nothing, but it does do a little bit. It le- it does speed up your character ever so slightly to kind of fool you into thinking it's doing something. But then you <laughs> it speeds you, you up enough how... that you can run a little bit faster past your friend that hasn't learned what button is sprint yet because it's not a noticeable <laughs> difference. And yeah, then you it... think to yourself, "Man, how is my friend Dylan so fast?" And it's because they know where the secret sprint button is, and you don't. So I there's a couple ways you could do that. One is you spawn in a game and you have no idea what the controls are. So you're put in a horror game where you have to because that's how it kind of was for me in Phasmophobia was if you avoid the tr- like when you first get into the training thing, it doesn't tell you how to pick up things until like two scenes into the training thing, which is really weird because it's like you were supposed to that you had to pick up and interact with things before you could get to the t- the scene where it tells you what the controls are. So oh, really quick, should we like... describe Phasmophobia, or are we going to assume that that's required reading for our audience? I mean, I'm I fine like with that... it being required reading. I feel like Phasmophobia is kind of like Among Us. Like, I think most people... Okay, it's, it's the in the cultural eye now. All right, yeah, good, like good, a, good, like good. We can move on then. Okay. So, what so I do I... want to focus on, mm. though... Is how do we make how do we make a mechanic that we know is going to feel useless? How do we make a crafting system that feels like it's dog shit? It's just there to make us feel better. Play Rust. <laughs> <laughs> okay, explain Rust's dog shit crafting mechanic for me then. Okay, okay, okay. I played Rust very, very early in four on. sentences or less. That's all you get. I played Rust very early on. My first experience was with it. When I logged in, there were no instructions for me. And anytime I crafted something, it was useless until I crafted another thing to fix it. And there was no instructions on that pathway. Well, okay, there so you, you craft things that are broken. It was sort of. You craft, So what you're saying is like it's a crafting system for our dynamite situation, mm-hmm. right? We have mm-hmm. a stick of dynamite. You can craft a lighter. But when you craft the lighter, you've crafted an an empty lighter. Oh, fine. <laughs> you gotta have to. You have to siphon fuel from something and turn it in, and make it usable. Exactly. Oh, okay. You know, it also be like. Um, I don't know about you, but like one one like horror thing I wish people like played with more is I don't know about you, but like every time I've used a lighter, um, sometimes it, it like takes a while for me to get it going. But it does create a spark. What if you created a horror game that has a lighter that doesn't stay on, but every time you flick it, it gives you a little flash of light of what your surroundings <laughs> are. So, like, you have to, like, continuously, like, chick, 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 and you only get, like, just a brief second of something. How fucking scary would it be where you're flicking, you ha- you flick the lighter on, there's nothing in the hallway in front of you, you take a couple steps, you flick it on again, and now there's a silhouette. There's, like, the the demon from Lights Out looking at you with, like, their piercing white eyes. How fucking, like, scary would that be? And then you flick, <laughs> then you flick it again, and then they're gone. Like, so maybe that's something, because I think that plays into what you're talking about, of mechanics that you feel could help you, like... Having that yeah, lighter yeah, yeah. does like, allow you to see, but it doesn't really help you do anything because it's, yeah. it's so brief. Uh, another I mean? great example of a herring mechanic that I experienced lately was I played through Shadow of the Colossus, and the mm-hmm. entire game you have an attack button with your sword that your character can use to just swing their sword. Um, would you like to know everything that you can hit with your sword that it does something? A tree, some plants, so you can get like herbs or whatever. Incorrect. No, neither of those things. There's exactly one thing in the entire game that you can hate that the sword does anything, and it's one boss. 
It's oh, really? one boss that you like smack its little teeth and it will go a different direction. But like I spent six hours in that game and I had the attack button the entire time. It mm-hmm. never did anything for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to jump. I want a horror game with a jump button and there's never anything to jump onto. I want a game where there's a there's a flashlight that you can find and you're never going to find a battery for it. I just want a horror game where your character can't do shit. They just has animations that make you feel like you're doing something. A game where you have a punch button, but you can't punch a ghost. That a, game, I li- <laughs> a game with a sprint okay. button, but you can't outrun a banshee or a werewolf. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A game where you do have a gun that you can aim at people. You will never find ammo, and maybe you will, but if you shoot something, you can't kill Dracula with a gun. (laughs) Then the gun only has, like, one specific use, and it's like... (laughs) <laughs> you do a thing you every uh, you could also play the idea that you have access to all these things but you never get to use them as intended so say you have this gun, <laughs> so say you have say you have this gun oh, you can point yeah, okay. you can point it at you can point it at things and that makes you feel better or maybe it gives you like it gives you just the faintest idea that if you point it at something that's chasing you, they'll flinch just for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I was going to say, like, a, gu- a gun where, like, it, you're right. Shooting Dracula won't do anything. But if you point a gun at Dracula, he will flinch. He will back up a little bit. Because for a slight, the slightest moment, Dracula's going to think, yeah, what if that's a garlic it, bullet? But, whoa, but whoa, whoa, has, whoa, whoa, whoa. That better not be a garlic be, bullet. It has to be as minute as the sprinting in Phasmophobia. It's like you don't notice it <laughs> unless you're paying attention. And what another thing I was thinking is like you have all you stay you start the game with all of these items. They have very specific uses later on that you have to use them in to save your life. <laughs> yes. So say you're running down a say, say you're running down a, a corridor or whatever. And you pass through this metal gate and you close it and there's a bunch of werewolves coming at you. You have to take the shotgun off your back and like put it through the hole, like bracing it. So like the shotgun becomes like a, um, you ever see like people who close like cafeteria doors and then they put the broom through the two big handles so the doors can't open now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. You can, use the, the you can use the shotgun as a prop to lock a door. I yes. love this. Yeah. You have all mm-hmm. these tools that you can use to go into Monster Hunt. And like spookify hunt, but mm-hmm. none of them are used in the way that you would think. You never yes. jump to like clear a gap. You jump one time so that the werewolf doesn't see the feet, your feet under the stalls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God, the idea of the monster hunter that's just really shitty at jumping. It's just a very, <laughs> very it's just like it's a, like a little like a little like they just like slight it, it when you jump it looks like the the uh, first person view just looks like they stood on their tippy toes for like a second and then they just yes it's so <laughs> yes just little things like that and like they're mechanics that you have through the whole game like you're going to go through the whole game knowing that you can throw your shotgun like that but you're mm-hmm. never going to understand why you can throw your shotgun or throw any prop like that for that matter except for mm-hmm. the one time the one singular time you're going to be like oh I can lock the door with the shotgun yeah yeah and those will be like the make it or break it moments of like that there like most situations i think it'll be it'll play something like amnesia or outlast where you are like sneaking and defenseless but there will be like maybe quick time events or certain scenarios where you have to run and cl- i would actually love it to play a little bit like shadow of the colossus like i, I think amnesia is also uh... a good one to do like amnesia am, amnesia is maybe a little bit too linear for what i'm thinking but like what shadow of the colossus kind of did was it was the, it was an action puzzler right uh mm. amnesia you're just trying to get to the next room the whole time without a mm-hmm. whole lot of like puzzle solving i think that See, this game like you go into a home there's a monster there you know that you're going to have to face it somehow the question mm-hmm. is how and maybe what what gimmick do you need to use now to solve this problem see the issue with because you're you're thinking of like kind of open world like zelda style of like you can approach these problems the way you want we right? could do levels still but i do like I, this you can yeah, face it however you want i i feel that the game should be somewhat linear because then it if it isn't i think it'll run into that very weird that'll be like the obvious question when they're playing it'll be like if this is as open world as it looks, why doesn't he just leave and go get ammo for his guns? What is forcing him to stay in this situation? Ah, like, I get you. What I is, get you. What is, okay. Yeah, because if, if they are able to leave this area, let's say, they can go get ammo. They are, like, I'm assuming at the beginning of this game, they came in, 
like actually let's say let's say this like the game starts with them fully loaded they have bullets they have stuff and then the game is about getting all of those material then something happens you get jumped you lose all of your weapons and ammunition and stuff so then the opening level is about you getting all of these things back but none of them have their ammunition you don't have you don't have like your dynamite or you don't have your lighter has lost all of its fuel because it got cracked open or something but you can still spark it um, so that's the opening level, and then you, as a player, I don't think are that assuming... the game takes away the ammo. I think that the player uses it all up through the game and thinks to themselves, "I'll find more ammo later," and then they never do. I want it to be like the player's fault that they've completely ran out of their things because we never gave them anything to how, use it on. How how about this? How about we like give them just such a huge false impression where like. They, <laughs> the game starts with the character walking into this village. L let's say the backdrop of this is like some haunted village. And you walk into a room that's fully stocked. It has all the bullets, everything you could possibly need, giving the visual like cue that, oh, this game is going to be, this is going to be an action game where I'm just going to be guns blazing the whole time and I know it's not going <laughs> to be an issue. So then you go into the first level and they just reckless abandon or they're like, we tell them like all of the tutorial stuff is this is how you light your dynamite this is how you throw it just the whole first level is yes, about blowing the tutorial, all... like teaches them all the stuff that they would think that they would need for an action game right the tutorial yes. is like aim your gun to, to shoot a light mm -hmm. dynamite T press this button to toss later on uh -huh. they're going to need to toss their shotgun but we taught them how to toss their dynamite Yes. Yes. So like rules. the whole le the whole level is like we trick them into blowing all of their ammo under the assumption that they're going to get more at the end of the level. Um and maybe we even say <laughs> what we do is like we give a sign and we'll tell like at the, in the in the load up room being like uh ammo like uh supplies will be uh stocked in between levels. So, like, they, they think, like, when they get to the end of this level, there's going to be another arms room. But when they get there, it's just, like, a piece of something that they can use for later. So, like, it supplies doesn't always mean, like, maybe it, supplies will be health, let's say. So, like, I love this levels, idea of, like, you're playing as, like, a Call of Duty character in, yes. like, a horror world. But all of your Call of Duty skills no longer work. Yes. So like, like you, you have the in, wrong tool yep. sets for all of this. This I like, rules actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Do we want to go into one more game and then we can decide on our nug? Yeah. One, one more and we'll make it quick. Okay. 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 Uh, <laughs> I'm really excited about this one. Um, on Twitter, I can see the endless cosmic horror in your eyes at dust in your eyes suggests William Shakespeare's Grand Theft Auto. So what I'm picturing is this is like, uh, this is the English Renaissance period. And you know who was also really active in the English Renaissance period? Da Vinci. So da Vinci? What we da Vinci was also in the, uh, in da the Renaissance Vinci? period. Yeah, Da Vinci? Um, so what I'm thinking <laughs> That's a is... a stupid joke. I love it. <laughs> Keep going. Um, so I'm thinking this is a heist game. Like Grand Theft Auto V was like very much like about doing big heists. Uh, there's a bunch of things in GTA I don't like. But like the idea of doing big group heist like yeah the, one of the coolest things, things cool. about grand theft auto 5 was it like using all of these little tools throughout the game to give you really cool set pieces yes so imagine set pieces in like renaissance period england so um <laughs> one of the heists that comes to mind is because william shakespeare and da, and da vinci are working together so maybe shakespeare is putting on their newest play because they know some, but like it's gonna get some very fancy people here who all have like, like, uh, like what's that jewel that, um, that woman was wearing from Titanic? It's like uh, this I believe it was the red stone of Ajah. I have no idea what that is. It was a sick JoJo's reference for all my JoJo heads out there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so somebody in 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 the English Renaissance is coming with a red stone, and they are putting on this play. So it, they can use that as like a distraction to go steal it from from this person. So and then you also you you have all of Da Vinci's like a sweet fucking uh, experiments and modes of travel that he was working on. So there's maybe some heists where they have to use his helicopter to get to the tallest building in the city. And so like, you want like a video game that plays like Grand Theft Auto, but it's in old English times. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So we could do something like that, but there's also. I think it plays like kind of like how Assassin's Creed uh, what's it was Assassin's Creed 
Brotherhood, the one where Da Vinci became really active? Yeah, and he gave you a cool glider suit for little side missions. Yeah! So it's like you, as the game progresses, Da Vinci is like your mastermind guy. So I think this game kind of follows you playing, follows, you're playing William. It follows Shakespeare. Billy Shakes, as we call him. Billy Shakes. I I was thinking Willie Shakes, but. Billy Shakes. Billy Shakes? Yeah. All right. That's Um, what I call him because him and I are tight like that. Ah, dude, right on. What what do you think? Get uh, like uh, Grand Theft Auto has always done those things where it's like the big party set pieces. What do you think would be the biggest party in English Renaissance? Um, probably William Shakespeare opening his cool open uh, roof theater, the one Ooh. that burned down. I think, but maybe maybe not. Maybe before it burns down. So maybe that's our opening set, like our opening set pieces that he's throwing this just giant rager in. In, in uh well also you know what we actually wait i i have it i have it i have it i have it because G- the GT- gta 5 was definitely about the team aspect of it there is sure. a theory there is well yeah because there was like it was the three of them and their three individual lives coming to a point of like figuring out do they want to ace the the weird like uh like well, i guess yeah eat? it was kind of about them like trying to become like a cool team because you're right the like culminating like end point was going to be like oh are you going to kill one of them or are you going to have all three of them fight against the fbi yes so there is a theory out there that shakespeare william shakespeare was a pen name for multiple people what is there also the thought that he just stole all of his artists or all of that, his stories though that that is also true and we could play into that maybe that's the thing that they're stealing from people they're like, oh, st- fuck that. yeah, they're stealing yeah, stories. But, but what I'm thinking is it would be so cool to tell, to do a heist game where every character is under the same, like, alias. So, like, when we say William hey, Shakespeare. Hey, dog, we just made three- Killer 7. Really? Is that, a- I did not know that that was a thing. Yeah, well, Killer 7, it's a little bit different, Um, but it might be entirely up your alley. It's a GameCube game where you play as this assassin that has split personalities, and so, like, every personality of his has different skills. Oh, that's interesting. Is it, like, problematic, like, uh, multiple personality thing, or is it, like, cool? Um, it's probably know. a little problematic and doesn't handle it with, like, great care. It's from, like mm. I said, it was from the GameCube days. Nobody knew that's shit true. back then. That's true. That's very true. Oh god, this guy looks like a nerd. <laughs> Which one? Are you looking at Killer Seven? Uh, yeah, I'm looking at Killer Seven. He has like a little hoodie, and then he just has like the little like three pieces of hair on the top of his head. I think he has a personality where he's like a cool like professional wrestler. Oh, that's fucking rad, actually. Blake, it's nug time. It's nug time. Okay, okay. Do you are you not feeling are you not feeling William Shakespeare's GTA? I'm not feeling William Shakespeare's GTA. I just don't know where to where to f- hit hit a joke on it. You know, it just oh, sounds like a dope okay. game. You know what I mean? Like it okay, sounds like okay. in the same reason that like the Godfather games fucking rule is because like oh it's an open world like in a like old Italian gangster town. You're gonna be a gangster now and you're gonna do cool heists. Like mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. formula fucking works, and we all want to see that in other time zones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so what are you thinking? Because I'm, I kind of am leaning towards the Halloween Racers game. I'm leaning towards a game where we spend our entire tutorial telling the player to play a game one way, only for all of those tutorials to stop mattering as they're locked in a horror game. Okay, I, I okay yeah actually this is a better one because then we can look into our boss fights on Discord and we can actually come up with like what are some of the bosses that they would experience in this. So where do we want to go? Do we need to figure out? Because I feel like we have the core gameplay down. I think it's just a matter of figuring out backdrop, right? Yeah, I think it is a matter of backdrop at this mm-hmm. point, right? You you propose the idea of a village and maybe maybe this is maybe. I mean, maybe we eat a lunch. Maybe this is what Resi Resi Eight's going to be. Maybe this is what Resi Nine's going to be. Maybe we we project ourselves a little bit further, right? Maybe Uh... we take Chris Redfield, known badass and superhero, and be like, "Well, what if Chris had to deal with monsters again, and he couldn't just like..." Well, now I'm proposing a world where we didn't, where we're in a timeline of Resident Evil, where there wasn't the Resident Evil Seven DLC, where Chris Redfield does run out of ammo. And the solution is that he just punches the fuck out of yeah, zombies. Yeah, I, I was about to say, like, I don't know. I'm I, anytime I think of 
Chris Redfield or Leon Kennedy, I just picture that hallway scene where they did run out of ammo and it just became them doing sweet fucking uh, like gymnastics karate to kill zombies. Now, and in Leon Kennedy's I, defense, I think that he's he is less lethal than Chris Redfield, but he did survive three helicopter crashes in Resident Evil 6. So I do think that maybe he doesn't have the same lethal capabilities as Chris Redfield. He is far more indestructible. Leon you Kennedy know. is a tank, and Chris Redfield <laughs> yeah, is a barbarian. That just the, I'm sorry, I'm just laughing at the concept that a game thought it was cool and over-the-top and awesome to be like, you know what's better than surviving one giant set-piece helicopter crash? What if this motherfucker survived three, three in one game, in one story? It's You're just talking like, shit, but Resi 6 does rule. Is the, is the It does, and it's, it. so, it's just so weird, because like I, I played Resident Evil 4 was like my first Resident Evil game, and that's where, like in my opinion, it started to get like very kind of action-gamey. You know, it just it started losing that, like, like it stops being slow. scary and starts yeah, becoming slow. an action game and then resident yeah. evil 5 happened and you fight the main bad guy in a volcano and chris redfield punches the hell out of a boulder so that he Fucking can save his best friend God, Chris Redfield, you were fuck. so cool <laughs> chris redfield's so fucking sweet okay i i i guess there isn't a yeah, I we guess can't you, we be, can't take the okay. resi branding because their characters are just so buff and powerful and cool and lethal but, it would be interesting if you did go into a situation where, or you put a character like that in a situation where those skills don't apply. So, like, like you were mentioning, there was a punch mechanic, but the punch mechanic that does nothing. Chris Redfield is—it's like he's in a town where it's old. It's what's that big buff dude that wears the trench coat? It's like X, Profe- uh, Mr. X, or something. Yeah, yeah, Mr. X. It's a village or a city that's full of Mr. X's. So physical combat is fucking meaningless. Chris Redfield maybe can punch the shit out of every zombie he can face. But can he fight a ghost? A fucking werewolf or a slime monster? Like, Of course he can fight a werewolf. With... A slime, though, a slime's going to mm. absorb his punches. That is a lethal mm. danger to Chris Redfield. Known, <laughs> known superhero Chris Redfield. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so because I I think it is fun to do that contrast of like somebody that could totally beat ass on a normal level put in a put in a world where those skills just can't they just can't live up to it they can't do yeah. they can't compete with the things in front of them so that's so maybe, the horror that's of the it. solution Resi, mm-hmm. Resident Evil Nine Chris Redfield's taking helm he's fighting ghosts now the one thing he can't punch his way out of he's <laughs> punching ghosts. Chris Redfield's gonna be like, ah, I have all these cool muscles. You find, you find out Wesker. Bullets, you find out. You find out Wesker's behind it, and he's become a ghost. And Wesker he, and created a ghost disease. He created a ghost disease. When people drink this, they the die, gene. but they don't it's, die completely. But they do not have a physical form. It's the G virus. The G stands the G for virus. ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> what was what res this is resident evil what eight this will be right? nine this will be nine resident this will be nine wow, because dude. they're gonna take on werewolves and vampires in resi <laughs> eight and chris redfield's gonna take on ghosts in resi nine <laughs> and the tagline love- for the game <laughs> will be something like resi nine give up the ghost or something like that and like the whole narrative is like chris redfield's racked by visions of his past or some shit <laughs> You could do <laughs> the thing is um here's here's the plot of the game each level he's going and finding uh because you said g virus for the ghost that imply <laughs> that implies that every other monster was also kind of brought on by a virus so a werewolf would be the w virus the vampire <laughs> Would be the V virus. So the game is about so, collecting <laughs> samples of all of those different viruses, so that way you, they can mix it. To- <laughs> you walked way- into Wesker's secret, secret, secret base where he has a series of viruses. After the T virus, there was the G virus, the W virus, the V virus. See, the T virus was like not on the nose, and he was like, but at this point, he's like, no, I don't give a shit. I don't need to. We live in a world where zombies have taken over. Being on the nose is no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore. Who gives a shit? I have werewolves in my army. Fuck you. 
Yes. Okay. I'm I'm just really glad that we found a way to get Chris Redfield to be like scared again because apparently the answer wasn't having him fight three story tall Goliaths. The answer was ghosts and werewolves. Ghosts, werewolves, vampires. Uh, oh my. Oh fuck yeah! And oh AJ, if we're doing the ghost mechanic, how cool would it be if they some of the ghosts actually can like possess objects, so we can maybe get a Sleepy Hollow in there? Oh, Chris yeah. Redfield, Chris Redfield, just doing doing a chase sequence where he's like running away from Sleepy Hollow, or is or is it the Headless Horseman? I think Sleepy Hollow was the name of the town or the Sleepy story. Hollow was the name of the TV show on the hit CW show Sleepy Hollow, where it had a cool guy from the olden times. The olden time. The Headless Horseman. Okay, so just, like, imagine one of those chase sequences from, like, Resi 4 or Resi 5 where, like, the camera's pointed at your face but in your scene behind you. And it's just Chris Chris Redfield running towards us, but then, like, the Headless Horseman is, like, on fire behind him. Actually, wait a second. That's just a sequence from Metal Gear Solid 5. Yeah. Because you're on a horse running away from the guy who's on fire and has, like, bullets in his skin. It's basically the same thing. But it'll be scary this time. It'll but be, again, like I think scary. that it's important to real to remember this game's like the the gimmick of this game is that all of the tutorial stuff that we were taught is thrown out the window. We're taught mm-hmm. how to throw dynamite. Later in the game, you need to throw your gun so that you can jam a door. You're mm. taught how to like you're taught how to use your gun only because it's going to make a villain flinch later, not because you're ever going to use a bullet. <laughs> So <laughs> I love this because people are going to go into it thinking it's like a resin, like a classic Resident Evil game of like, I'm not classic, but like more of the newer flavor, save for Resident Evil 7 of like guns blazing. Things are crazy, big monsters. And you blow all of your ammo within the first level. And then you realize <laughs> and then you realize you've got none left. Um, to, so yeah. now the game just becomes this survival game and people are going to be like, what the fuck is happening? Hell yeah, this rules. Okay. Get okay. back into right. the dirt, Chris Redfield. Take your muscles <laughs> off. Like the weird commercial from the Super Bowl with uh, the Jason cool Momoa. buff long-haired guy. Jason, Jason, Jason Momoa. Momoa, thank you. <laughs> All right, so let's let's look to our let's look to our Discord and a boss fight and let's see if we can't find any like what are the bo- what are some monsters you can go up against? So I've got a boss sub- submission here from Sniff. Uh, uh-huh. The submission is the Fierce Four Champions of 2011, and it's four uh, dudes screaming uh, with the caption "Dragonborn." But what uh-huh. I think is important here is that it is four white dudes with like similar crew cuts, and uh-huh. I think that what this ghost is going to be is it's important to me that if we're going to have a game focusing on Chris Redfield, it's not new mm-hmm. Chris Redfield. It's like original like chris redfield it's chris like redfield very from, like, latino very like very poc yeah, representation yeah, skinned chris redfield not, not, not our the, fucking like white toast normie like i'm a normal i'm a hollywood actor named chris redfield like we fucking hate that chris redfield i want resident <laughs> evil 5 chris redfield <laughs> man they and we're going to have that Chris Redfield, and he's going to fight off against these four. It's going to be four character models that are all, like, generic oh, Chris Redfield. It's, like, it's, like, him, it's himself from the other face, game. It's not round you, you, Chris you were, Redfield. You were saying, like, he's yeah. chasing his own inner ghost, so it's, like, himself from previous games. But they, like... <laughs> <laughs> he's facing off against him from other games. <laughs> yeah, but I want this to be the design from Chris Redfield from, like, Resident Evil 5 from the Marvel vs. Capcom game. Where he had like a nice round face and he had darker skin and he doesn't look like the fucking guy from Resi Evil 7 where at the end he says, I'm Chris Redfield. And you think, no, you're not. <laughs> Who the fuck you're are you, not Chris man? Redfield. <laughs> okay, okay. I like that because then we can play into the whole visions of his past and stuff. Um, I want to go one that's a little bit more chaotic. So there... Uh, <laughs> couple episodes back we were talking with Jupiter about this uh wrestling show called Kaiju Fight or Kaiju Kaiju Battle or something. It's a wrestling TV series but every wrestler is a different kind of kaiju. Andrew David suggests Burger Bear, which is one of them. What happens when a like in let's say in this town there was a guy like a like a mascot like with a sign spinner and he was wearing a burger outfit. What happens when that guy got bit by a werewolf? 
He didn't take off his he he didn't take off oh, his man. burger costume. He's just a werewolf in a burger costume now. So like that could be one of the enemies in one area, maybe. So <laughs> there's just like this little co- there's this little comic. I like appeal. that. Yeah. You know what you could do with the what the when he catches you, what he does is he they like claws and tears off the burger to reveal its face, and then the face like noms you. So it's like this really like oh now sh- this was funny at first, but now shit got real. As like you see like the fluff and threads tear apart to reveal werewolf grimace. So burger bear, there you go, burger bear. All right, we're ready for patch notes. Actually, no, we need to wait. Wait, we need to come up with a name. So it's it's Resident Evil Eight. I think this is Resi Nine. Resi Nine, give up the ghost. Oh, that's right. That's right. (laughs) Resi Nine, give up the ghost. Okay, I like I like that. Resi Nine, give up the ghost. Blake, that's a game. You ready to go to patch notes? I am hella ready to go to patch notes. Hey, everybody. Uh, Voting is still happening right now. This is, it's more important than ever uh, to get your vote in. And I believe most places, or I think overall, uh, but I might be going off of California, it's November 2nd. So get that in. Um, If you haven't already, make sure to register. Um, We got a a big future ahead of us and we want to start 2021 off right. Yeah, I hope you guys like hearing us remind you about voting because we're not going to stop reminding you about voting until the voting's done. So <laughs> go vote. Outside of that, um, if you guys want to come check us out on Twitter where we're posting basically daily updates now of art and thanks to our fa- uh, the submitters that we had that week. Um, we recently just, released yeah. a video on our YouTube channel of another BF4. I don't think we plugged that on our show yet. So Ooh. if you want to go check out our YouTube at Spiritual Successor Podcast on YouTube, mm-hmm. you'll find an episode where Blake and I played Rocket League against each other and had a grand old time. Yeah, it was a very, it was very good. We got to play more Rocket League. I enjoyed playing that with you, buddy boy. I enjoyed playing it with you too. <laughs> That's going to be where we go ahead and close this episode out today. Our intro and outro song is Cheap Shop by Anna Monaguchi, an excellent song from an excellent band for an excellent game. I've been your host, AJ Hart. And I have been your other host, Blake Rea. This has been Spiritual Successor, and these are cool games that should not be made. <laughs> <laughs>